0: the fantasy 6 pack hour with your hosts Joe
1: Bond. Ah, you're awful. And AJ, AJ Appler. This is an thin shoe shoe All right, all right. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Fantasy
0: the... 6 Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of fantasy6pack.net. Uh Different co-host this week. Uh, AJ could not make it, so I can't say my as usual. My co-host is AJ Abogarth with me. It's uh, it's Michael Tomlin jumping in and uh, and filling in for AJ, who unfortunately couldn't make it this week. Um but what's going on, Mike? How you doing tonight?
1: Pretty good. Thanks for having me. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, definitely. Thanks for jumping on. Kind of last minute uh switch up here, but but it's all good. We'll, we'll we'll make this work. Um, we had you on as a guest anyway, so kind of perfect. Uh, so. Uh we got a we got a big show tonight. You kind of brought up a topic to me uh late last week and uh I kind of hemmed and hawed on it for a little bit, but it's a good topic. You talked about groupthink and um and, and just you know fancy football groupthink and just how people are just kind of following the crowd here and, and and whether or not that's the right or wrong thing. You know, I think in some cases it can be, in some cases maybe not. We'll get into that a little bit uh in more detail later. But first, let's have some fun, man. Let's do our beer.
1: kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply i am here dallas blonde okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry. sorry sorry I have it's
0: deep...
1: <laughs> all good, all good. I, didn't I didn't tell you about, about the, little, the little sorry <laughs>
0: i forgot about telling you about that it's all good uh no it's it's good man uh so what do you what do you got sorry
1: uh deep ellen dallas blonde brewed right here in dallas uh, a little 5.2 blonde ale Little citrusy, but not too much. Goes down pretty easy, but still packs a punch.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. I've got a uh, true respite, a Maryland brewery close to me here. Uh, it's actually a co beer, like co brewery mix here. It's actually Aster Labs as well. I think they're also Maryland. Uh, it's called Space Hammock. It's uh, seven point three whoa uh, hazy ipa i do the ipas man they're good stuff um yeah like,
1: deep elm actually has one that's the only ipa i really like
0: yeah uh we That's like pretty much all i drink but it, it's good man it's it's hoppy it's got centennial galaxy and citra hop so it's you know it's it's hoppy but it's not like heavy either because you know the citra kind of usually makes things pretty smooth uh, and a little right. sweeter so i like it um I'm I'm trying to look up what I gave it here on uh, Untapped. I, I believe I gave it a four, um, which is which is pretty solid, a four to five. So uh, I gave it. Yep, exactly a four. So, cheers, cheers. All right, man. Um, so let's jump into this, man. So groupthink. I mean, what do we mean by groupthink? So groupthink, if, for those of you who don't know, is just it's it's the thinking of the crowd. It's you. You, you said the word sheep. On, in, <laughs> in, I wouldn't necessarily call it that, but it, you know, it's it's the majority opinion, heavy majority opinion, and kind of everybody just kind of latching onto it, um, whether you believe it or not. Um, and so, is that right or wrong? And and you and I had a, a huge discussion on this and you know we'll start with the very first one here you said you know one of the ones that that you I don't know if you're necessarily totally against it but the fact that you have to draft a running back in round one that is a huge thing this year I'll tell you right off the bat I am in favor of it but there are a few receivers I would make an exception for Michael Thomas being one Adams being another um I prefer running back in the first round because I think the the drop off is pretty massive very early with running back, um, and just trying to get one of those elite guys, one of those workhorse guys, is important for your team. Um, and I feel like I can fill some receiver, you know, in the in the later rounds. But what's your thought? Like, give us your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, at first on the whole group think. The reason I bring it up is because if we're listening to podcasts, we're reading articles, not everyone does that in our leagues. They're going to look last minute at the most well-known guys, and it becomes the kind of group thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I think you can take advantage of it because you know how everyone else is going to play. But to start off with a running back in the first round, to me it's just like when everyone's zigging, you kind of want to zag in fantasy football, but you don't do it just to do it like you'd even said. I even looked it up the last time there were 11 out of 12 running backs in the first round, which is how it is in, in some drafts right now. It's 2015. Only five of those running backs finishes RB ones, five others finished outside of the top 100. And I mean, it, it included big names too: Doug Martin, Aaron Foster, CJ Spiller, Ray Rice church. And so it's happened before where we just, Oh, we need to get a running back this year. And then look what happened. Half of them. You couldn't even start. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and like you also brought up though, I'm not totally against it by any means. If you have a top four pick in any format, basically you're taking one of those main four running backs, even five if you include Davin Cook. Um, it's more for the back half of the first round where you're taking the worst end of those running back ones, but then you're still going to end up with the same receivers, which we'll get into that later. But so you're you're giving up any advantage you can gain in the first round and just giving yourself a disadvantage. Because, obviously, whoever you take at 10 at running back isn't going to be as good as Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley. And then you're going to end up with the same type of receivers in the end. And, I mean, it, 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 the thing that gets me, the group think, too, is ever, all the other group think in the first round is you can't win it, but you can lose your league in the first round. But now we're taking these unknowns like Miles Sanders, C.H., Kenyon Drake. We're going to take them in the first round? Like, those guys could butt. Like, they have more bust potential than the receivers you could get right there. And I guess that's where I'm going with it
0: yeah i i can agree with you there um i think the i'm probably not getting michael thomas in any of my leagues only because he is going in the middle of the first round and i'd rather have a cook or a henry or somebody like that um now in the back half where you're looking at the mixins and things like that i will I, i'll take him i'll take a julio i'll take an adams over those guys and then get my running back on the way back because i know that one of the guys that I prefer for running back is going to be there. Um, now, will I also take two running backs there? Sure. Um, and, and that has a lot to do with the next topic that I think we should just jump into at this point. Because uh, well, yeah. we've been alluding to it the whole time is the wide receiver depth. And you and I had a huge conversation depth. about this one. I'm absolutely in agreement with this. But I, wanted, I want you to go first here and give your argument here.
1: Okay, so when you when you say depth, like that's saying you're you have a basketball team and your depth goes nine deep because you can play nine guys. Well, when you say wide receiver depth in fantasy football, there's only a top twenty four. Like it, there, there's twenty four top scores. The twenty fifth guy isn't top twenty four, so the depth is the same at every position as far as the rankings and how they finish. And I mean, I get it. Like I think I looked it up. Wide receiver twenty one through wide receiver thirty four it's only like a 20-point difference. So I get the thought. And of, that's yeah, total you know,
0: points. It's like a right, point and a half points. per game. <laughs>
1: exactly. So I, I get it. But when everyone is waiting on their receivers, like we're saying with the group think, and you all end up with similar receivers, then, yeah, you're not you're not gaining anything. You're all about the same. Because, like as you're saying, there's depth. So if you're all waiting for those same guys, then you're all fighting for those guys, first of all. And second of all, you're not gaining the advantage you can get by taking a guy early. I mean, it sounds crazy, but my biggest league... We got Devontae Adams in the third round. Well, what? Third round. Yeah. No. First pick of the third round. Swear to God. Because it it was like 20 running backs in the first two rounds. It was insane. I was like, what are the, like, in the draft I I just finished right before I got on. I I got Michael Thomas at 10. And then I went Devontae Adams in the second round. Like, it's crazy that everyone's just thinking, oh, we got to get two running backs. Got to get two running backs. And the thing to me, though, with this wide receiver depth, yes, those guys can score for you. But wide receivers are less consistent than running backs because they're getting targets, not carries, right? And so I want those elite wide receivers that are more consistent as opposed to the ones on the back end that will have the big weeks and down weeks. And the biggest thing for me as far as loading up on a receiver early is then when I'm taking my lottery ticket players, like the league winners, which everyone's saying this year, I want to take running backs with those. Because like if you're taking the J.K. Dobbins or the backup running backs, it's more of a sure thing when that guy can play. As opposed to a receiver, you take the second receiver. It doesn't always work out where he becomes the number one. Might go to the tight end, might go to the running backs more. So that way, if you shore up wide receiver early, then you're just loading up on all these high upside lottery ticket running backs later, and that gives you more of a chance to really hit on something.
0: See, to me, I, I'm taking my shots on the running backs early. Because like, if you don't, you are getting left with in most cases you're 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 sticking yourself with running backs in round like what, three or four and I mean at <laughs> I guess at best you're looking at like a, like a Mark Ingram, which I guess is okay. Uh, but you know, then you're getting into the then you're getting into the rookies too. You're getting into the the Jonathan Taylors, which everybody likes. You know, you're getting into the Swifts, you know, who who knows what those guys are gonna be. To me, I feel like you can still rely on those receivers you're getting in three, four, five. Right. I mean, I've gotten guys like Allen Robinson who I absolutely love this year. I've gotten guys, you know, like Terry McLaurin all over the place. I've gotten, I've gotten Devontae Parker in round like six or seven. It's so silly. Like yeah. I know we all hate on Devontae Parker, but come on, I'll take him as my wide receiver three or four in round seven every time. Like that's, that's kind of insane. I don't like the guy, but that's, that's good value. Um, and I'm not having to rely on him like big time. He's my wide receiver three at best in any league I have him in. Um, you know, I've I've gotten guys like Galladay in round three or four. There's guys that I can get there that have wide receiver one upside. Do they have Michael Thomas upside? No. But I don't need it. And I shouldn't need it if I if if my team hits the way it should. To where if you take receivers early, you are stuck praying for an injury ahead of your running back or this guy to completely break out unknowingly. Um, And yeah, we all have those guys in in the middle of the late rounds that we think could break out, but we don't know if they're actually going to do it. I'm not hoping for a breakout from the receivers I'm getting in three and four. I'm just getting consistent production. And even with the guys I'm getting in round five, six, seven. Yeah. They're probably going to finish wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three because they finish outside the top 24. If you want to, you know, get nitpicky with it. But they're going to have weeks where they finish wide receiver one. So I just think that's the way you play it this year. And I've in our early mocks that we did on the site, um, whatever whatever reason, we we uh, we kept the same draft order for the first like three of them. I had the fourth pick. I took Michael Thomas in every single one of the first three just to see how it would go out. And my feeling was he's the safest player after the first top three running backs. And I still agree with that but I didn't like the way my teams finished. I didn't like my running backs. And I saw the receiver depth and the receivers that were available in those other rounds that I was having to grab receiver or running backs and just hope that they were going to be good. And I'm going, man, I wish I hadn't taken Michael Thomas. I wish I had taken some running backs and like just filled in my receivers with all these quality guys that are sitting here. So I get you with like the wide receiver depth thing. Like, yeah, top 24, top 24, but you already said it. The, the point per game difference you're getting from even like 10 to 30 is like three and a half maybe four points a game total that's not a lot if you look at the running backs you know past McCaffrey you know you're looking at between the them and like the top 20 or something like that you're looking at like an like what did I say to you? Like a six or seven point difference per game. Yeah, it's pretty massive. So like you've got to try and go get those guys early. You got to go get the guys that you think are gonna be the workhorse backs for their team. Injuries happen everywhere. Like you can't you can't draft fear with injury.
1: But and I mean I get what you're saying too. Like you don't you don't want to rely on those backs. Although I do think you're leaving out you're leaving out like the Chris Carson's and Todd Gurley's who are there in the third round a lot now. And if that I'll take if that's my running back one and I have two elite wide receivers, I'm good with that.
0: Like, yeah, I'm seeing Carson I've
1: seen
0: I'm seeing Carson creep in around two a lot. Oh. Uh, um, I've, I've been I've, taking him. Honestly, I I've been taking him at like if it's the end of the second round and there's just like and you and you and you called it, there's like thirteen running backs that go before like the you know, late second round. I'm grabbing Chris Carson because I've got him ranked higher than most people. Right. But <laughs> so but,
1: I, I guess my thought is, if I'm looking at the value-based drafting of it, of the the opportunity cost of, yes, my running back's more short up if I take whoever. Let's just go with Miles Sanders at the end of the first round. And then I get that receiver in the third and fourth. But the guy that took McCaffrey and Saquon are getting the same type of receivers. Like we just said, they're all the same for that 14 to 20-player range. They're all about the same. So if you're all getting the same receivers, but I'm losing 10 points a week, five points a week, whatever, to your top running back, that's where I'm like, man, I'm just I'm, – I'm playing with lost money already, right? I mean, it goes to draft order because it's all – obviously, yeah. Like I said, if you're the top five, I'm taking a running back. Right. But the back five, it's just like I'm already chasing lost money every single pick if I am take the running back that's so much worse than them in the first round. And that's what I, I hate doing. I'd rather have something just – I can plug in Michael Thomas, Julio, Devontae. I know I got one of the top five guys, guaranteed, unless they get hurt, obviously. But I, I, I know I got that at least. I got I a mean, lot production somewhere. At,
0: at the end of the day, it's all about total points. So if you, if you're not getting, if you're not getting production from your running backs, you're not going to score the total points. You could have the best receivers, but that's n- not going to carry. I know you're a big fan of him, and so am I. That's not going to carry a James White as your running back one type of well, thing. We'll right? get to him. <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not going to carry a James White as a running back one. And I get it. Like PPR leagues, he's fine, you know. But he is. I mean, he's still inconsistent. I've owned him in my dynasty league for five years now, six years. Um, he's got these weeks where he goes for twenty five, and then he's got weeks where he goes for five. And you're like, "What the hell just happened?" So, like, that's the type of thing where I. I don't like relying on those PPR backs as my like locked in starters. I want them to be my flex guy or my bi week fill in. That's the that's the way I play it, and it's I mean it's worked for me. So like I'm probably not going to change anytime soon. Right. So. <laughs>
1: and I mean that's something to be that to preface everything. You can do you can listen to either one of us or tell both of us to screw off. You can win anyway. Sure, yeah. It's just There's... about hitting those picks right. Yeah. So it's not like either way is the end-all, be-all. It's I
0: mean, just it's, preference, really. Yeah, it, it's all about, like, you know, look, I've got the confidence that, you know, I'm able to take some of those late first-round running backs. That, yeah, they're all, you know, let's, let's shoot darts. There, There's, like, seven of them that are all kind of the same. They're all kind of like, eh, depending on what site you're on, they're all in a different order, right? Once you get past, what, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Probably on most sites rankings, I'd say. So, you know, it goes through, like, Cook and Henry and then probably him because he's really risen yeah. up rankings. You know, that six-seven running back. Once he gets past him, there's, like, five or six more guys that are all kind of like, like, let's just roll the dice and see who comes out, right? Right. I have enough faith in myself and confidence in myself that I'm picking the right guy. I'm going to pick the guy that's not going to bust. That's the way they, I go,
1: see, and that's why it's two uh, two different strategies. Because I have the faith in myself that I can lock in the receiver and then find a running back that's serviceable later. And I, I, I like playing that role of the dice, I guess, rather than playing the roll of the dice in the first round.
0: So, I'm I'm going I'm to switch things up here only because like the next one was a di- a different a different topic, but I want to jump to, because I mentioned Clyde, Edwards-Helaire. So I want All to right. jump to the rookie running backs. And I'm going to say this. And because if you're willing to take the running backs later, you're going after some of those rookies. You but have not. to, but <laughs> no. you, you almost have I'm to.
1: I'm not though. I Cause
0: just, they've okay. got that like workhorse type upside. Jonathan Taylor does. They? Jonathan Taylor does. Swift probably does. Carrion's not gonna say healthy. Let's be real. Right. Acres does. They're gonna get the work, right? So like volume plays, right?
1: Well, okay. So so,
0: so the topic here, just for anybody is, listening yeah. at home, the topic is Michael and I know what's going on. The topic here is just Clyde Edwards Hilaire and all these other rookie running backs that are, I'm guessing in your mind being a little inflated.
1: Oh yeah.
0: You are not a Clyde Edwards Hilaire believer. You were uh-huh. you hated him. You wanted you wanted Davy Williams so bad. Now you've you've obviously had to soften that stance because of the Williams injury, but yeah. you're still nowhere near him in in the staff rankings as compared I, to everybody else.
1: I, don't, I just don't understand it. Like this rookie, this running back class was not seen as that special all year long. Like I I follow. I don't fo- do Debbie leagues, but I follow enough along to see the running back. I mean. The first one's picked 32nd. So, obviously, it's not that strong running back class. And then I don't know if it's quarantine or what. All of a sudden, a couple months after the draft, oh, this is the best. We need to take all these guys. And then you look at it, in every running, every main rookie running back entered a situation with either an established guy or a guy with similar draft capital recently. Obviously, Damian Williams and Clyde is where that, that one changed. But you look at uh, Jonathan Taylor. He goes in there. Marlon Mack was 11th in the league in rushing last year. He had over 1,000 yards. Like, yeah, they're just going to discard him like he's still going to get work. It's not like it's going to going to be a, a, a partnership. Of
0: I'll say this. They've already said like they're going to start with Mac, but they're going to ride the hot hand. Like they're already saying things that right. are basically like, well, no, I I think I'm going opposite of what you're thinking. Uh, they're already saying things that to me sound like they're making excuses to give Taylor the ball more.
1: And, I, yeah, I get what you're saying there. But I also don't think they're not going to just start giving him 20 touches a game.
0: No, like not right
1: away. And that's the other thing is a lot of these guys are going to good teams. The, yeah. the good teams that they don't have to rely on. That's what, that's what I'm getting to. Like, even the Bills, who are really a good team now. Devin Singletary averaged over five yards a carry last year. He was on a thousand-yard pace. I know he had some fumbles issues. Everyone's blown up on Twitter. Oh, he fumbled, he's going to lose his job. He's still going to get carries. Yeah. I think it's going to be almost the exact same thing as Gore and him last year. Maybe Moss gets a little more, <laughs> and then you look at the Ravens; they have they had two thousand yard rushers last year, and people think Dobbin's just going to come in and take over. No, like maybe no. next year.
0: Yeah, then, I think I think a uh, lot more people are, are with you on that one. It's right. it's the Jonathan Taylor hype right that I, I'm a little off of Taylor just because I kind of agree with you. Max not Max not going. This is a fifty fifty split in my opinion at best. Right. Um, you know maybe sixty 40 Jonathan Taylor but Even that's not then, a, that's if he's not 60, enough forty
1: he's not an r b two not
0: enough to me um swift kind of intrigues because he i actually had him and Jonathan Taylor kind of one a one b and i i sort of leaned swift in you know for the drafts as the best running back coming out. I liked him a lot in college um didn't go to a great running team obviously nah. but you know, you're talking about there's a guy there, right? But it's Carryon Johnson. Like, how much do we really trust Carryon Johnson at this point? So he's the one who i who I have taken a couple of different times in drafts because he is slipping. Like, you can get him around like five, six. Yeah, just.
1: he's going. He's so he's
0: down. going pretty late, um, in my opinion. Uh, Akers is an interesting one. I don't really know what to make of that Rams backfield. Um, I think if any, I said it, you know, early on when we were doing some of our team previews and stuff like that, and we did the draft recap show. I wouldn't be shocked if Akers was the best rookie running back for fantasy this year.
1: I, I tweeted that after the draft. Everyone yeah. was talking about Zogas. It's like, well, Akers kind of goes the best situation.
0: Yeah. And then I know no, it's every- oh, yeah,
1: now.
0: So that changes things. <laughs> yeah. But before but, it was Akers, like he was so, in the box of situation.
1: Yeah, I was kind of in on Akers, but then I'm watching Hard Knocks. They haven't shown him once. I'm like, if you had – if they were really, like, focused on this guy and he was going to be the stud, every year the rookies is who they really focus on. They haven't shown the guy once. Weird. I don't know if that's just, like, an okey-doke on us or what, but I, that kind of worries me that maybe he's got, well, I don't know, pass pro issues or something that they're not as high on him and they still want Daryl Henderson. Either way, he's not as bad. I mean, what is he, 66, RB27. I'm not as bad about that. The yeah. Swift one. The only I, I I get where you're coming from. Carry on gets hurt. But what if Carry on doesn't get hurt? Last year, this same exact time, every single one of us in the fantasy industry was like, "Carry on's a guy. We want him. He's going to be a stud." Yeah, and then he got hurt again. But I think he, played, he
0: sounds it, but his yeah, knees, man. Either are...
1: if he gets twelve rushes, he gets fifteen PPR points a game.
0: Yeah, just, I mean,
1: he can't ever get to that.
0: I I like Carry on. I've owned him multiple times now. I uh, just he can't stay in the field. He's just one of those, you know, he's got chronic knee issues at this point. I just don't know how much I believe in him staying healthy. I mean, I've been surprised before by players all of a sudden randomly getting healthy, but it just doesn't seem like he's, he's going to be one of those guys. So I'm kind of with you on the rookie running backs. Honestly, I'm not in love with them. I I don't get enamored by them. I don't get enamored by the rookies as as much as a lot of people do. Um, I, I rarely draft them. Um, you know, it's got to take a special talent like a Zeke coming out uh, right. or like Saquon his first year. I, I, you know, I was I was all over him in the first round. Yeah. I was and like, those yeah, guys, no. those guys are special players, like really I, I special players.
1: Those guys we knew, I think we're trying to make CH that. I mean, I, I, I look today at his projections, his fantasy pros, so I'm just going by them, not even my own fantasy pros average projections. They have him at almost five yards per carry and nine yards per catch. That's right with McCaffrey and Saquon running, and that's way above everyone else in catching the ball. So we, we think this guy is going to come in and be the most efficient back in the league. That's just not going to happen. So if you're taking him in the first round, you're taking him at the absolute ceiling of production.
0: Yeah, I, I will not have any CEH on my team. I know no, I've either. got him ranked that high, but he's just going to be one of those players I'm going to probably fade. Yeah. Um, it's just – I. I Everybody's just going, oh, the scheme, the offense, Kareem Hunt, and I'm like, I get it, man, but there's also still, what, three or four other capable running backs there? Maybe not as talented as him, and they're all saying, Andy Reid even is saying, like, you know, Edward Solaire is the guy, Um, but...
1: I don't know. And we hadn't even talked about COVID and how these guys got limited contact and now they have zero preseason games for the biggest part of all, protecting Pat Mahomes, which is the biggest factor in that team.
0: Yeah. I've been saying they're not
1: sure he can do it.
0: I've been saying it like every show that there's a big reason why I'm a little lower on the rookies than a lot of people, and that's the reason, more so than anything else. We also just like don't know. We've already seen it come out from multiple, you know, multiple camps that the established starter from last year is going to be the guy starting week one in a lot of those situations, because you yeah. haven't seen these rookies yet in game action. You just yeah. don't have any idea. Um, and Swift has been kind of banged up too, so that hasn't helped. So, yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be interesting with with these well, guys. And
1: that goes but, to I've seen some people say like, well, you know, they'll come on by week eight and then they'll be the best guy. I'm like, if you're using a a first for CEH, but like a third or a fourth round pick on Jonathan Taylor, and he's not really going to produce for you until week eight or nine, like, you're already out of it by then. You're done. Third round pick is doing nothing. Like, you can't depend on something on the come to come in eight weeks and hope that you're still in contention for the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I I just don't get that part. I, I don't get it either. Like, I get that you can't draft super safe everywhere. Right, and this rolls right into the topic that we skipped. So perfect segue, man. Uh, I get that you can't draft safety everywhere, uh, you know, and you got to go a little upside play. But to go upside because the guy might finish the season. Like, let's be honest. The guys who had Miles Sanders last year, how good were you feeling after the first half of the season? You weren't, and you were probably like, (laughs) you were probably two and six. Yeah, like, what the hell were you doing with your team? So, like this 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 group think that and uh there was a huge twitter debate about it i'm not going to call out names everybody's probably seen it um you can about upside wins championships you know it it was all these people who don't have who have uh james white ranked ahead of akers and rojo yeah. was the thing this was obviously before Fournette uh, landed in tampa you know it's crazy you know you're you're just drafting safety and you know, upside wins and and Oh, the I agree.
1: Accuracy competition. Yeah, you're just <laughs> yeah,
0: you're just ranking to win an accuracy competition.
1: Is that the point? I mean,
0: <laughs> right? Like, I, I rank based off of who's going to finish with total points. Yeah, there is some. I just don't want to draft this guy, so maybe I'll dip him a couple spots lower. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's really what it comes down to. But like also, yeah, I get the upside is going to ultimately win you the championship. You can't be safe and boring and draft right. a bunch of James Whites who are going to, you know, James White's going to finish, what, RB late RB2, early RB3 maybe? That's fine. Is that going to win you anything? Eh, he might win you some weeks. He's consistent. Yeah. But, you know, consistent enough, I guess. You know, I told you earlier, that he's going to have these, like, blow-up games and he'll have down games. But he'll be kind of steady Eddie in the middle because he's PPR back, he'll catch some passes. Akers could be a total zero, or he could be an RB one. Like we have no clue. Right. Like I, I get taking that upside, but uh, sometimes, like I think your roster composition comes into a play. Like 100%. there's a point where you can take risk, and there's another point where you don't want to take risk. You gotta have some safety guys. You gotta have some safety nets. Where like, okay, if these couple guys who I took a chance on don't work out, I've got these guys to kind of back me up and kind of fill in the gaps until I can find their replacement. That's my feeling. I don't know how you go about it.
1: No, yeah, of course. And like, so if you were to go CEH, obviously you don't want to go Cam Akers. You'd probably want to go James White. And that's just, and I mean, I, I get right. the upside thing. It's the term du jour this year, that and league winner. I've, I've seen that before. <laughs> that I've, ever, yeah. I've never heard it until this year. Now everyone's saying it. But, I mean, I get it. Last year in my biggest league, we scored the second most points anyone scored in five years in the semifinal, and we lost to the most points anyone scored in five years. So I get it. Upside is how you win the championship. It really is. It's a factual statement. But you can't draft every pick with upside, like you said. And it's weird because you see these guys that say upside, and the guys in that argument you talked about, they both use James White and Tariq Cohen as guys without upside. Okay, well, James White last year, yeah, he was RB18 in PPR. Tariq Cohen was RB27. In 2018, James White was RB7, and Tariq Cohen was RB11. So those guys are going as the 32nd, 33rd running back in the ninth round. So a ninth-round pick that just two years ago in the same offense with the same coaches was an RB1. And in both of those backfields, there's injuries to other backs that were supposed to get more of the early downward. Like, how do those guys not have upside? Like, that's a definition of upside, an eighth-round pick that has a safe floor, mind you, and also has already finished as an RB1 in that system. Like, I just don't get why that's not upside, too. Just because they're not a rookie and they're not a young player, so it's not as fun to talk about. I don't. I don't uh, everybody
0: wants the new flashy toy, man. Exactly. That's what it really comes down to. to and so, that's, that's
1: yeah, really the, new everybody new everybody wants to
0: be, everybody wants to go. See, I knew it. Ha, ha, ha. Take right. their victory, laps. I get it, man. I'm just not one of those guys. You know, I'd make fun of you on Twitter with the Rojo thing. Just, yeah. you know, it's just, just yeah. you and I playing. Whatever. Nah, that one already <laughs> got to me. <laughs> it's, it's whatever, man. But, like, I don't know. I'm not one to be like if I get something right, I'm not going to be on there going, "Ha ha ha, see I got it all right." I'm actually yeah. usually one going, "Crap, I'm sorry guys. You know, I feel bad cuz I made all these calls and I get them wrong, you know. You know, or whatever, you know. We all get everything, we all get stuff wrong I'm a lot.
1: I'm the same way. Remember a couple of years ago I said that uh David Johnson was the next CJ Anderson. I was here early, but that year that I said that he was the RB1 so that didn't really work out. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh Talking about upside, we're we're getting uh, we're getting a question on Periscope from uh, Tim the Head. He's asking about Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's got a lot of got of got a lot of hype around him this year. I like him a lot, man. I've got him like Robert receiver fifteen. I don't know where do you where do you have him in there?
1: Uh, I don't have my ranks right in front of me. Yeah. I have him right around there. I just know every time I'm about, I even am close to taking him. I know Robert Woods is right there. And yeah, I, have Robert, Wood- I have Robert Woods is one like a top seven guy.
0: I've got Robert and Woods so in I top always,
1: twelve, and it's always like one of those where I can take Ridley and hope Woods is there on the way back, but I, I that's happening less and less. Yeah, and So I've been going Woods. Like I, I don't mind Calvin Ridley. Uh, I do think his upside is a little like people think his upside is more than it really is. Let's see, I have him. I mean, yeah, he was
0: pretty monster last year for a few for a stretch of games. He was like wide receiver two for like a four or five game stretch yeah, right behind Michael sure. Thomas. And then he got hurt and it just like went downhill from obviously downhill from there, he was out. But uh uh I ended up losing my dynasty league because he got hurt. Like I would have won the championship had he stayed on that role. I was oh, just man. I was like I was steamrolling cuz he was he was just he was doing like thirty point games, man. It was awesome. Yeah. So I mean
1: <laughs> he has he has that weekly wide receiver one upside for sure. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Just, it's always going to be tough, even if he gets more targets than Julio. Julio's number one, right? So yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, tough to, really to thrive. he's going to take over.
0: But hey, you and, know, there's lots of offenses that have two wide receivers that can thrive, and and I think oh, the sure. Falcons is obviously one of them. You know, they can have two top ten guys, top two, two top twelve guys, whatever. Yeah, um, and I think but, Ridley's clearly right there now at this point, year three, yeah, right? Year three been, for him,
1: wide receiver twelve. Yeah, year three. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, that's right. I mean, if anything, year threes, you're you're really supposed to take off and he was already starting to do it last year. So like we can see really big things from Ridley this year. Um
1: yeah, and, like, and, I'll, I'll, I'll
0: Julio, for sure. I love Julio, but Julio is on the decline. I mean, there is no doubt about it. He's still top notch. Like, I'm not gonna knock, I'm not I'm not saying Ridley's gonna finish higher than him, but there is a point where Julio's gonna have some games and you're going like, oh man, what the hell happened? It's going to happen, maybe not this year, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. It's just going to all slap us in the face, man. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to slap a cliff on us. Yeah, he is year 30, so it's coming right around. So, I know we're can last a little longer than running backs, but yeah, that's, that's what we're looking at. So, hope, hope, Tim, hope we, uh, hope we answered your question there. Um, so, yeah, upside, I get it. I think, I think you go for upside in certain spots. Um, I actually sure. did, a, I, I did a mock on Monday night on a podcast. And um we were just doing the fantasy pros thing and it was kind of a weird a weird draft. Like we were picked five and uh we took cook and then came back around and uh I didn't like it, it I didn't like the running back and that came back to me. So I was like, you know what? I'm not reaching. I'm not reaching for a running back just to go running back, running back. I went I went with uh Alan Robinson, who I really like this year. He was like oh, wide receiver. Too. Six or seven at that point, so I was like, okay. Uh, but there was a sl- there was a whole ton of running backs that went more so than I thought would have gone. Um, but I came back around, luckily got Carson in the third. Um, at some point, like I forget who our second receiver was. I was I was happy with it. It was a, it was another like good safe. Oh, I think it was Robert Woods. I liked Robert Woods came back around my third receiver ended up being DK Metcalf and I'm not a huge Metcalf guy. Like I, I think he's talented, but that's a point where I'm willing to go upside. Cause like I had a good, I had a good base of players that I really thought I could count on week after week with cook and Allen Robinson and Chris Carson. And then uh, Robert Woods 4 top notch players who I have, you know, ranked in the top 12 of all of their positions. I, I was like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll take a chance on DK Metcalf. I know there's some other safer receivers I can take to kind of balance it out later. And we end up getting like Julian Edelman. So I was like, okay. in uh, yeah. a full PPR. I was like, yeah, there you go. I mean, it worked out perfect. I've got the huge high upside. And then I've got the safety net with Edelman to where if Metcalf just kind of bust, I just go, Whoop, to just swap him in. Just just go, right in. I'll yeah. just take my 12 or 15 points from Edelman every week because of the, you know, the, the catches he gets. Um, right. you know? But hopefully... Metcalf pans out and he has those games that he was having at the end of last year. So that's that's where I'm okay with the upside. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like you can't you're not gonna win in round one or two, but you can lose in round one and two. Sure. You can you can take some huge risks and just you're dead. You're dead in the water. Or unless you get super lucky. I mean, it happens. I've had it happen to me. Uh, but it's it's pretty rare when you lose those first few guys. Or at least one or two of them, you're you're dead in the water. There's nothing. Yeah, to do. I
1: mean, there, there's <clears throat> greater than zero chance. Ch isn't even as good as James White. That's <laughs> kind of what I thought at one point. I was like, maybe just James White is going to catch 50 passes, but there's a chance that happens. And then what happens when that's your sixth pick overall? Yeah. You're done.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard. So another another Kansas City Chief that that you brought up to me, and uh, I thought this was interesting, more just because of my strategy toward the position. But Travis Kelsey, you're saying Group think is, you know, he's he's less valuable this year. Like last year he was going in not that he isn't tight end one or tight end two, whatever you want to say. Like Kim and Kittle, you know, makes a match him, honestly in my opinion. But last year he was going end of the first round, super early second round. This year he's going end second, maybe third round in some leagues. So yeah. Less valuable overall. You're you disagree with that. Why?
1: I, I the guy's been the tight end one for four straight years. Like what what he's the safest pick on the board, maybe outside of Michael Thomas. Like all he does is be the tight end one. And I haven't pulled up the numbers because me and you had talked about it. Mm-hmm. So right now, Travis Kelsey, he's projected to have 252.8 PPR points. First of all, that'd be wide receiver six. Uh, a <laughs> guard ahead of DJ Moore. If he was a wide receiver, he'd be wide receiver six, and he's going after the sixth wide receiver. And so then, if you look, the sixth tight end is 169.1, 83 point difference. The 12th tight end is 144.6, 108.2 points projected behind Kelsey. So when you're taking Kelsey, you're getting 108 points over the replacement cost. If you look at running backs, obviously the top five, like we said, they're obviously worth more. Let's go to Derrick Henry, who I would still take over Kelsey, but he's the running back six right now by projections. He's only 21.5 points over the running back 12. He's only 90.4 over running back 24. Yeah. So Kelsey is 18 points more valuable over replacement than Derrick Henry. And then if you go to Michael Thomas, who, once again, is like McCaffrey, he shouldn't even, like, there's no way Kelsey should go before him. He's only 121 over 24th wide receiver, so he's barely more than Kelsey above replacement. And all you got to do is go to Devonte Adams, and he's uh, 21 points less above replacement than Kelsey. So just by my personal philosophy of value-based drafting, he's, he's really like the seventh most valuable guy in the draft. And so I'm trying to get him in almost every league. And Kittle's obviously not that far behind him. Uh, Fantasy Pros has him at 235, so 17 points behind him. I have him a little closer. I think both those guys, it, they, you're winning every single week at a position. And yeah. that's just that's so valuable to have especially a position with so much volatility and touchdown luck that I, I just love that consistency.
0: Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I I'm a weight on tight end guy. Um, I've always been able to find like to say always more often than not, I'm able to find somebody that's serviceable in the later rounds. Or if I bust on my pick, it's, I find somebody on yeah. a waiver wire because it's always something that kind of comes out of nowhere. I mean, K- Kittle did. <laughs> Kittle yeah. was unknown, right, until like that last part of that, what, like three years ago, when it was like he was on the waiver wire of my dynasty league that year, and I was like, Dang. oh, this guy's like, all doing this this guy's pretty good.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: he's he's got a couple of good games under his belt. Let me take a chance. <laughs> yeah, that's worked out pretty well. Um, But, you know, again, you know, like who thought Darren Waller was going to do this? Right. Who thought Mark Andrews was really going to like I knew people liked Mark Andrews last year, but nobody liked him that much. Right. Like not not tight end three value or whatever it was. Right. The thing with and, and it's weird because and I don't know how this gets figured out here, but like I'm looking at the fantasy scores from last week from last year. I mean, Kittle's number one tight end, 254 points. 15.9 15.9 average. Then I go to wide receivers. 254 would put him around uh, Robinson, which is wide receiver eight. Yeah, I mean, 15.9. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I get you on the, on the fact that like his total points is there. I just am still like, a, I feel like I can find the next guy every year. And, you know, again, you're looking at the tight ends. I'm thinking... <clears throat> Per game average, you're missing a couple points per, you know, between, you know, one and one and ten. You're missing like three or four points a game. That's a lot. It adds up over the course of the season. Um <clears throat> is it enough for me to want to wanna to take one early? I don't think so. I think I'd rather cause where you have to take Kelsey or Kittle, I want a running back most more more often than not. Is my problem because i want to try to hit on one of those running backs who who, who will hopefully get me upwards of 20 points a game on average or, or or you know 16 17 18 points a game on average that that's where that's where my head goes and then if i you know take one guy one tight end later and this year I think the depth of tight end is incredible. I think there's 15 legit dudes that you can rely on next year. Are they all going to pan out? No, just like yeah. any position, they're not going to pan out, right? But I think there's legit 15 guys that you can you can feel good about. Um, you know, all the way down to like the Jonu Smiths. You know, Mike Gesek in there. You got you know you got Doyle possibly making a making a comeback with with a tight end happy Philip Rivers in town. You know, people like Fant and and uh and Hawkinson, you know, Hunter Henry's coming into the season healthy for once. Yes, yeah, tight his quarterback isn't Phillip Rivers anymore, but let's not forget Tyrod made a uh a pretty bad tight end in Buffalo pretty good not too long ago. So I think uh he can make Hunter Henry pretty solid. So there's some guys here that you know Higby kind of came out of nowhere at the end of last year. Is he gonna continue that run? No, but He'll, I think he's going to be good. There's this, and Hayden Hurst is obviously a massive guy that, you know, that's obviously was ranked nowhere near the top 40 last year in total points. And 34, actually, I guess. He had a couple big games, but um, yeah, he's, guess, he's the top 10 guy for me.
1: To me, it's just, it's similar to the receiver argument that, yeah, there's depth, but the, what is it? From six until 20 almost, they're all about the same. And even those guys after Kittle, Kittle and Kelsey, you got Waller, who's obviously going to give up a lot, a lot of targets, how many pass catchers they added. You got Andrews, who had a very unsustainable touchdown rate, yeah. along with Lamar's unsustainable touchdown
0: rate.
1: <laughs> and then Ertz, who they got Goddard, and they've been featuring him more. Maybe the hurt receivers are going to help him out more. I just think it's such, a, it's such an advantage you can gain, a known advantage you're gaining, as opposed to, what I said, where you said you're going to take a running back and said, well, that's a disadvantage to what everyone's picked. And that, that's why I like getting, I'm winning the position. If I, if I get Kittle or Kelsey, I'm going to win except I'll just play the other one. But you're winning every other week. And then at the, end of the, at the end of the draft, instead of drafting two of those lottery ticket tight ends, who you never know when they're going to score, they get the eight targets that week, and you're mixed, trying to play mix and match, you can draft those running backs that are one injury away from being that RB1 that you need. And I, I, I just prefer that route, I guess. It's safe safety first so that I can take upside later.
0: Yeah, see I feel like I can still take those some of those upside guys later that you're talking about. Um, you know, I'll I'll take a tight end somewhere in the middle and be okay with it. Um and then so I've got those late rounds where I can take the, you know, kind of those those kind of as is, is Richard and Richard Seville from Fantasy Six Back likes to say a lot. Those spec ads, you know, those guys that you're (laughs) you're just, you're just taking them just because you know what they're interesting. Let's see what happens, and if they don't work, they don't work. Because whatever, they're around fourteen pick. It doesn't matter. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I'm Kelsey and Kittle are definitely a a different breed. Um, If they weren't basically receivers. then I don't think I would even consider them. I have looked really hard at them in every draft because they're sitting there staring me at the face. Um, I just have never pulled the trigger. I'm always just like, you know what? I'd rather take this guy and hope he just like becomes a, a, a total stud at the running back position. And then I don't have to like hope that somebody three rounds later does the same thing who I feel way less confident about. And, but yet, I feel confident about getting a Hayden Hurst in around 8 or 9 or 10 or whatever. Now, he's going way earlier than that now, but that yeah. was two months ago. Uh, I had Hurst on all my early teams, yeah. and if now it it's an like, I can't go anywhere near him because he's going around 6. And I was like, damn! Alright, well, never mind that. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Hayden Hurst train has taken off. So Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it for groupthink, but I mean, a great conversation, man. I, I'm glad you, glad you brought it up. Um, you know, it's something that people really need to consider, you know, don't just, don't just follow the crowd, you know, look, listen to everybody, not just us. There's a lot of people out there with, with great opinions. Um, you don't have to just do what everybody else does just because that's what everybody else does. And if you do something different, you're going to get ridiculed in your draft. You know what? Yeah. How many times, it's your made, team. how many times do have I made want. fun of Richard after the draft and be like, dude, Richard, what the hell were you doing? He's won the fantasy six pack league twice. I'm like how the hell <laughs> He just does it So he's one of those guys man he, He's He's he zigs everybody else's eggs Right you know, it, it
1: works Yeah um, I mean just I think our, our two mindsets Just show There's many ways To shear the sheet It's just ha- Have your Have your process in place Beforehand yes. so So you know how you feel About the guys Because obviously Both of us do it Completely different ways In multiple aspects But we end up Being somewhat successful Otherwise we going to Play in 20 something leagues each
0: Yeah and And Another example, like Tim, who, who we answered the question for about Ridley, he said something a little earlier than that. Uh, he said, you know, picking 12 in a 12-man league, uh, thinking about running running back because wide receiver is deep this year. Now, he, I, he must have missed the earlier conversation. No yeah. big deal. Um, but, you know, I just said, you know, I personally tend to agree with you. Go running back, running back. You know, get your two top guys. But at the same time, like if Adams or Julio is there, like I, I'd probably pull the trigger on one of them at 12. Because the receivers are getting back, coming back at you, at what pick? would oh, that be thirty-six? Oh yeah, pick thirty-six. I mean, yeah, you're probably going to get some solid guys, but you're not getting you're DJ not, Moore. Ronald you're Williams, not. Yeah, you're you're not you're not getting a Julio and Adams at that point. You know, now if Julio and Adams are both gone, and you're looking at like a you know. I don't know. Say you are looking at Allen Robinson at the beginning of the second round. I don't know if i do that. I like Alan Robinson, but I don't think I'd take him that early.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, I, try, I I mean, I'm the same with Kelsey. I'm not trying to take him at 13 or 14, although I think he's valuable enough. Probably. I'd rather take him If I go McCaffrey or I go Saquon earlier, then try to get Kelsey or Kittle at the end of the second round.
0: I think the running back 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 strategy works a lot better if you have a top five pick, maybe top six
1: pick, because then you can get a good, solid
0: receiver coming back, who's basically at that point, the value, like you're saying, the value at receiver at that point is kind of the same. At the middle to late second round, as it is exactly. the early third, late middle third round,
1: you're getting the first pick of the litter, and then everyone's following you, and the running backs are worse. Yes. That's just, that's so, like,
0: and but that's the scenes where, like, either all my picks have been this year so far, or all my mocks have been so far, they've been all early. I haven't had a late pick yet for some reason, which I usually do, and I've got one in the fantasy six pack leagues. So it's gonna be really interesting. I've got pick 10. I think so uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see how I haven't mind I might had to do a couple of mocks with because yeah. I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do <laughs> there'll be nine uh, running
1: backs gone you're gonna have to go to Thomas
0: and I'm gonna go oh, oh no Thomas will be gone I know I know yeah. absolutely 100% Thomas will be gone before then uh, but anyway alright so that's it for group think man I think we kind of hammered that one out That was a good talk though Let's finish up here with some news and notes for you know things that have been kind of going on the last week or so that AJ and I have been able to cover or very recent news per se. Um, we'll start obviously with the biggie Leonard Fournette cut by the Jags. I mean, we heard of the possibility for a long time, but I, believe, I never I really believe believed. I never really believed they were going to do it. Yeah, I was either. like, I'm there's not. no way. There's no way. Like, they're just going to run him into the ground this year and then be like, "Peace, go try to get money with, like, shot legs. Um, <laughs> They're, uh, they're going to try to pull he's, DeMarco he's on good. him,
1: right? Yeah, he's too good. I think they're trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence, and they're just like, all right. Yes. You, you you well, might yeah. Just win too
0: many games and, and you, you can tell up. they're trying to do it. They've, they've already traded Trade two everyone. more defensive players. They're yeah. trading defense. Point so now that their defense was any good in the first place now it's even worse. Yeah. Uh, Fournette so he gets cut. Um, so let's start there. Jacksonville, what do we do with this backfield now? Who who's yeah, the guy? Stay oh. away. Right. I but mean guys are gonna Thompson, get drafted right. There's Armstead. There's B, There's uh, James Robinson. There's obviously Chris Thompson. Right. Chris Thompson. I don't think his role changes. Nah. His role was his role, but who's the guy that's going to get the carries? Who would be somebody you you know you you try to go after maybe in round eight, nine, ten? If you're sitting there you're like yeah, maybe all right, let's take a shot, let's see what happens.
1: Uh, who's the guy that's going to get the carries? Gardner Minshew? Minshew? <laughs> I think he, his rushing goes up. I, I mean, the rest of those guys do nothing. We saw Armstead last year; he kind of handled it, getting the workload. Do they Maybe they just. Chris Thompson gets every pass now, so maybe he's worth a late-round yeah. flyer and a PPR, and then uh, Devin, I can't say his last name. I mean, the guy's go been floating be around the league for a couple of years. I just – yeah, go. I'm, I w- I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> thanks, not going to waste a pick on those guys. Yeah, thanks, yeah
0: I, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not really going after him either, but you know, at some point, if they're around like 13, 14, I'll be like, yeah, sure, why not click? Well, um, And it's probably – our-
1: Thompson maybe because they're going to be losing every single game by 20 points. Right. So he might get 10 catches a game and we might look down at the end of the year. Chris Thompson had like 80 catches for 800 yards. <laughs> or something crazy. And guy. I
0: randomly snagged him in every early league just because he was sitting there. And I was like, you know what? I like Chris Thompson. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Redskins. helmet, Scott, Scott fishbowl. No, <laughs> no yeah. longer. I took my helmets away. They're over there. <laughs>
1: oh, sorry. The Washington football team.
0: Yeah. They're no longer my team until Snyder is gone. Which is hopefully yeah. soon. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm not really in on any of the running backs except Chris Thompson in PPR leagues. Why not take a, take a chance here and there? But now, Fortnite signs with Tampa. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you were a huge team, Rojo. Uh, we were on the show here last week with John Hanson, and, and I, I called your name out. I was like, yeah, you know, what do we think about this Tampa backfield? You know, Team Rojo, our, our, our guy, John LaPresto, I uh, said, John LaPresto and Mike, Michael Tomlin, you know, they, they love him. Uh what uh what do you guys what what are you thinking here with Tampa now? Like is this Fournette's job?
1: I mean, you can't trust anything Arian says because he right. lied already about Rojo and then he came out again with today and said it's Rojo's backfield, Fournette's just death. Okay. So it's basically gonna be whoever Brady wants back there. Yeah. And who knows that's gonna be that could change week to week. I mean, it, <laughs> does Rojo make the team is there a chance like cut him now? If they're saying they're going to keep McCoy too, I, I mean, there's so many guys there now. I don't see how they ro- they keep five on the roster. I, I, don't, I don't know what the I don't know what the I think. Okuagwale
0: is gone. I don't think I don't think he makes the team yeah. at all. It sucks because I like
1: him. I, I like his like talent him too. I have never understood why they didn't just keep with Rojo and, and Dari and just roll with that. But then they draft Keyshawn Vaughn. What is he going to do now? Return kicks only? I don't know what. <laughs> I, don't
0: know. I, don't know. I don't know what going to do either. It's full
1: on New England Patriots mid. 2010s, where it's going to be a different guy every week, and I'm 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 going to stay away from that too.
0: Yeah, I think I put I think I put Fournette at running back like 34, even though he's in Tampa. I think
1: I I just moved him up to around 30 and just I haven't decided fully what to do with it yet.
0: I've got him in my dynasty league that I was talking about. I got one too,
1: and I
0: I put him out there on the on the trade block. People are like want a third rounder for him, and I'm like, go to hell!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I traded like, for a third round rookie pick.
0: He's better than that, dude. Come on! Um, I
1: traded him Keenan for Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Remember <in> the this
0: <laughs> is that? Yeah, in that. In oh, that God,
1: I got him at the perfect time.
0: Oh man, that was that was awesome. Um, <laughs>
1: That's
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. He yeah, yeah. He was like, What the hell? He was like hey, he tweeted this immediately after he got a cut. He goes, Remember when my team was good? It <laughs> was like, Yeah, yes. let's go to a
1: Saquon, you moron. He gave me <laughs> he Saquon for C D Lamb and Leonard Fournette.
0: He wanted he wanted contracts. He wanted yes. he wanted he wanted money. He wanted He, he wanted
1: flexibility.
0: What a salary cap! which I trying to play him because that league is gonna be weird. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm with you, man. I I don't really like to tape a backfield at all at this point. I just, I was sort of starting to buy into Team Rojo. Uh, just now, nah, nobody. So yeah. it's whatever. Uh, next up here, Alvin Kamara. He has some contract issues. Uh, there was talk that he was going to get traded. There was talk that he's going to hold out. He hadn't practiced for like three or four days, something like that. And Nobody even knew what was going on. Turns out it was actually like a back issue and he got like an yeah. effort shot, which is kind of crazy. Um, but Kamara's has come out and said that he's going to play, uh, you know, and that, you know, they were they were close on contracts, according to him. But now he's like, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I'm still going to play. Um, so I think he's fine. But I mean, you never like to hear contract issues with players like it does sit, kind of sit with them all season. It feels like so, in some cases, sometimes it's motivation. Sometimes it's like, well, I mean, screw you guys but you know like What do we think with Kamara here are you dropping Him at all in your rankings or are you still got him like five
1: I, I still got Him at four ahead okay. of cook, I'm ahead of cook? Okay. He might drop yeah And honestly the contract I think Peyton and that whole organization they Know they got a rapidly qu- Closing window here that they Need to pay him they need him on their Team to to contend like He's drew Brees's outlet that's What makes their offense really run that And thomas so I'm not worried about that as much, but to well, get an this epidural,
0: year only, pretty much, right? Breeze is gone after this year. It's the last year. Right? Right? That's what
1: I'm saying. Like, <laughs> why, like, this might be the last year you have with him. So, why, you're going to want to keep him. The epidural thing that scares me because, yeah, I mean, he was not great last year, and I nothing ever came out. I remember watching like, is is he hurt and just not telling us? That it came out later. He had like,
0: an MCL issue, right? Yeah,
1: he had an MCL issue. So, how bad is his back right now? That, but he's just going to play through it because he's a tough guy. And so he's just going to keep playing, but we don't know, and it's going to affect it overall. So, I, it, I would love to see him in one preseason game, just to see how he's right. moving. But yeah, I guess you're just kind of. Luckily, I haven't, I haven't had the fourth pick once, so I haven't taken him. But I, I would, I would probably lean toward Coker Thomas. I've got, I've before. got the
0: fourth pick in a draft coming up next week, uh, and it's with a bunch of other uh, analysts and stuff, where it's like a whole Maryland. Type oh, yeah. league things to pretty cool that we're putting together. Um, and AJ's actually And I've got the fourth pick. I'm absolutely going cook if if he falls to me. Like, if he's the one that you know, I'm expecting obviously CMC, Barkley, Elliott, like those are the top yeah. three, right? And then I'm going cook. I just, you know, I had this conversation when we when, when I had the fourth pick on the mock uh Monday night, it was Kamara or cook, and the reason is. I'm just not really sure what to think about Kamara right now with all this going on. And yeah, Cook has his own injury issues, but we know when he's on the field, he is a total beast, right? Um, so I'm I'm fine with it. And that offense runs through him. The offense doesn't run through Kamara in 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 New Orleans. It runs through Breeze and Michael Thomas.
1: It's weird you say that because it, it, I just had like an epiphany. I would rather have the guy who's kind of a wimp that sits out when he's kind of hurt, rather than the guy that plays through it. Because then I start the guy. You're stuck starting him, and he doesn't perform as opposed to Cook. As soon as he's hurt, he just doesn't play. Which okay, I would put someone else in, but with Kamara, <laughs> you're always going to start him because he's always going to play, and you never know.
0: What well, you yeah, I just think that. with Cook, like he's one of the, and we did it in the mock randomly, um, and I've done it in a couple of different leagues. of in one other league, I got him. You've got a, you've got a, Like he's he's the one person I'm handcuffed. Like I'm I'm going to take Madison slightly early just because. You kind of have to, because when when Cook right. is out, Madison's an RB one too. Like <laughs> he's good, so you yeah. want him. Like, it's just an immediate plug-in. To where with Kamara, yeah, Murray's the immediate plug-in. Um, but like you're saying, Kamara plays through it a lot, so that's that's tough. That's hard, and that you're just stuck starting Kamara. 'Cause it's Kamara.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you have to And then and then that's the week Murray has thirty points. Yeah. And you and Murray's on your bench, even if you have him, because Kamara was playing.
0: Exactly. So all right, a couple more things here. Obviously last week, David Montgomery card off the field. There was a bunch of um bunch of noise about that really early. It was oh no, you know, non contact injury, he's done for the year. Turns out to be a groin strain. I actually haven't heard what like grade level it is. Maybe our Bears fan behind the scenes here can tell me if he knows, but uh, uh, it's just one of those like. David Montgomery wasn't really high on my board anyway. I know a lot of people liked him because of the volume he was getting, but now with this, like, I'm I'm really just dropping him on my rankings pretty hard. Are Are you in agreement with that?
1: Yeah, he he's one of the guys that I was actually targeting when I would go receive like top end receivers early just to get a safe volume running back. Yeah. So I can put in every week. 250
0: carries. Sure. Right.
1: he giving me 10 <laughs> points every week. Compliment my elite receivers. Now I'm, I'm hell. I, I want Cohen more than him for sure. in any PPR setting just cause I mean that kind of soft tissue, like you said, that, that could nag him all season.
0: Okay. Uh, six to wait. What? Six Two to... to four weeks. Two to four weeks.
1: Okay. All right. So,
0: all right. No. Sorry, man. I said that. Said that a little weird, man. Just don't yell at me. I'm on, on the mic, man. It's fine. All right. Quick. Last ones here. We got four more quick ones. Tyro Williams out for the year. You know, a lot of people going. Oh, Brian Edwards. You know, I, I kind of like Brian Edwards in the first place. I wasn't really drafting him in a lot of places, but I think he had talent. Um, I I don't really know if I'm loving this offense in general. I don't. Besides Jacobs in Waller, like
1: I, honestly, I think I think Jacobs could see an uptick from this.
0: Yeah, just because
1: they they can't stretch the field as much, and so they're going to have to dump it off maybe more because he was. I mean, I guess Ruggs is still there, but who knows yeah. how that's going to go? Rookie, no preseason. I, I could see Jacobs getting an uptick. I don't think it's going to be Waller, but. I mean, I'm hoping it's Jacobs. I, I really like him as a player. Yeah, I'm not drafting as much because I don't really see him catching 40 balls like they keep saying. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: but I, I've, I've heard 60. Times, <laughs> yeah, I've seen all the times the theory that Gruden's mad he didn't win rookie of the year. And so Gruden is crazy enough to push an agenda like that and make sure he catches 40, 50 balls. So let's see on that one.
0: Uh, yeah, so the next one here is Muhammad Sanu. Kind of surprised, man. Cut from the Patriots. I was not. I don't think a lot of people saw that one coming. Uh, he was a second-round pick trade last year for them. That's yeah. quite possibly the worst trade Bill Belichick has ever made. I mean, yikes.
1: It's it's pretty bad. I, I think you saw <laughs> how much they paid and gave up for Antonio Brown and Mohamed Sanu, and the production they got it was pretty alarming. Yeah, but Julian Edelman,
0: Nikhil I mean, you. Mikil Harry, uh, I like yeah. it. I like it, dude. And him and Cam are actually working on the side before, like before camp started. So I, I think there might be something there. That that's a guy who later on I'm taking a I'm taking a a, a chance on as just like a flyer pick. Right. Once I've got my established guys, if Mikil Harry kind of is in that range where I'm like looking at a receiver and he's sitting there like, yeah, I'll take him. I, yeah, I, do, I, I like not mind him.
1: But I think the Sanu target loss goes more toward Edelman and probably James White more than it would. Ha- Harry's was locked in. Now Edelman probably gets more than I, I I'm a bump up my projections for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Than I, than I, I, I can buy that. A uh, little uh, beat rate of talk here. The Packers apparently want uh, MVS to be their number two. So all that uh, Alan Lazard talk early on, may be a little overblown, but I'll believe it when I see it. I was telling Jeff earlier. I was like, because he mentioned this one. I was like, so yeah, I mean, that's what we hear every year, right? Until he drops two passes in the first game, and then Aaron Rodgers yeah. is dead to me and just throws it there, just throws with the Adams all game. <laughs> so
1: yeah, I, I was I was lower on Adams beginning of the year, beginning of the preseason. I, he's got to be number two, I think. Now for yeah. me, I think he's got two hundred targets. Like, <laughs> I don't see him, how he does it. We never see him as the number 1 for the whole season when he's never dealing with injuries. If he's fully healthy over 16, I think he's going to lead the league in targets more than Michael Thomas. Just cuz there's nothing else.
0: I I I can see that for sure. And then the last one here from beat writer in Carolina, Curtis Samuel not very impressive this year this so far in camp. He was dealing with a little bit of injuries, but uh he's just looked really bad, so I guess Robbie Anderson gets a boost and Samuel moves down your board. I mean, I don't know what else to do here. I mean, the Samuels is looking pretty poor. Like, I, I mean, I'm not really targeting either one of them. It's, it's all, yeah, maybe more to me, but, uh, Robbie
1: Anderson and best ball, maybe just cause he'll have two or three yeah. games with a hundred yards and two touchdowns. But.
0: I know some people that are big Curtis Samuel truthers. So I, I, I'm I not just,
1: one. I got
0: you gotta mention it just because of those people. Like yeah, just want to buy into
1: I, I, I never was really into him. He was more of a, that's all they kind of got played. And now, He's not all they got, so yeah, they got
0: Robert Anderson to do almost the same thing. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, so I, I have better. seen that he might—he's the Christian McCaffrey handcuff, which I—I I mean, I guess I could kind of see that, but with, I think Mike Davis is really that now. But either way, if McC- to me, it's one of those: if McCaffrey goes down, you're just screwed. So it's, no, <laughs> yeah. one's gonna, no one's gonna done. You, you yeah. <laughs> no one's
0: going to replace done. You need no one's
1: going to replace what he can get, so you might as well just pack it in
0: agree with that. agree with that. So, all right, man. Well, I think that's all we've got for the show. I want to thank you for coming on and, and sticking around for the whole thing. Uh, it was a good time. So, um, well, well close thanks for having me and let, and let Jeff close it out. Cheers.